Welcome back, all you fine listeners, to the MMA Amigos podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my good friends, Alex. Alex, introduce yourself. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yes, I'm Alex. Gabe and I, we've uh, known each other for many a year. Plenty, um, plenty years now. Yeah. Oh, also, just to mention, yeah. we uh, we don't have Carlos on the podcast today. Um, he will be on our next episode, though, when we give a breakdown of 298. But continue, Alex. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, and uh, Carlos, thank you for letting me fill in for you. Um, um, big, big shoes to fill today. Big but, shoes. Uh, he actually has tiny shoes. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know what they say about tiny, tiny shoes? Feet. Tiny shoes. Huge feet. hands. That Huge too. hands. I've never heard that. I don't know. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, big socks. <laughs> Lots more money to spend. <laughs> exactly. Which is kind of um, dumb, you know? Because I feel like if you have sh- smaller shoes, why the F am I paying the same as somebody that has a size 12? That's stupid. They're using way more material in their shoe than I am in my tiny shoe. Or maybe hot take, but people that buy their newborns you know some new nikes or something that are 50 bucks and those aren't going to be around for more than a couple of months yeah that's true <laughs> that's true that's anyway true. i've done that <laughs> i've done that for my nieces and nephews because i'm oh I so clown. have i <laughs> but i'm like cool <laughs> one use out of it yeah anyway <laughs> okay so yes alex and i have been friends for quite a long time now um we uh we both married sisters, so that's how we met, and eventually we just grew into a really good relationship. Um, but yeah, that was one thing that, I, as far as I know, Alex, and correct me if I'm wrong, you weren't heavily into UFC prior to us like hanging out. Is that right? I I feel like I got kind of into it back in high school. Um, like my friends and I, we'd all get together and. You know, if there was a fight going on TV, we'd watch it. Obviously, it was probably just like a uh, like a past fight they were just putting mm-hmm. on, you know, ESPN like or, something, or something. But right, we didn't know at the time, so we all oh, these were live fights, and <laughs> we were just getting <laughs> super awesome. into them. And then, and then those same nights, we'd kind of do our own sort of fight night in my basement because we had a big. Would you guys actually open fight? area? Oh, it was it was pretty brutal. So Damn. what we do? Because I mean, everyone ranged in size. We'd throw everyone's name into a hat and just drop two what names. What the hell? Like gladiator. So that's I mean, insane. It got, it got pretty dangerous. I mean, one of my buddies, pretty sure he got a concussion. He got kind of tossed and he hit one of the pillars in my basement. What? <laughs> and yeah, and uh, yeah, it it got rowdy. But I mean. You know, it was it was kind of we wore gloves and it was. Were they was were they just the three ounce gloves or were they like boxing gloves? No, they were like or the six ounce kind gloves, of sorry. UFC gloves, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> I mean, they were kind of that style. Like yeah. the fingers were out, but we we focused more on the uh, quote grappling than <laughs> uh, really striking each other. Okay. Um, yeah it was just tap outs or knockouts and mostly just tap outs that's crazy so anyway 
Um, yeah, we did that, but then yeah, after I got out of high school, I never really followed it until I think you and I started hanging out, and then that's really what kind of got me more into it. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. I uh, so just to echo kind of what Alex just said about grappling, he said that they focus on the grappling aspect, and that just means like very more close contact technique. And I don't know if this was kind of what it was in your basement fight nights, but in MMA and the UFC, for instance, that would be including like takedowns, clinching, like clinching each other's arms and stuff like that. And then, uh, um, more ground based fighting. So just to give an idea of what a grappling contest or something like that would be, but that's crazy, dude. I was never involved in any fight nights like that. <laughs> although I wish <laughs> well, I was. You did it. You did it legitimately in high school. You wrestled competitively. So. <laughs> yeah, but but that's different, I mean, that's dude. Cool. I'm not like brawling with a bunch of freaking dudes in somebody's basement. That seems so wild to me. I mean, I guess. I don't know. We were all, it was our way of trying to feel tough, but it was pretty sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, full disclosure, uh, I am by no means uh expert on any of this. I mean, I, I got to ask Gabe and Carlos a lot of questions when, I watch fights with them, um, as some of you might say, a casual viewer. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like I kind of know the basics of it. I think y'all did a very good job last episode kind of covering, yeah, like the different styles, like maybe your jiu-jitsu, your MMA, wrestling, boxing kind of styles there for listeners. So thank anyway, you. yeah, yeah it's, thanks. it's I, a good uh, subject material I think you guys are doing. <laughs> thanks yeah it's a good time we uh we hope we're hoping to have alex on a uh some more episodes and make him more of a permanent guest so hopefully we can make that work out but yeah Car- or alex would be involved in a lot of those fight nights that carlos and i were speaking on the last episode so that would be including again it wasn't an actual fight night for us but we would hold the fights <laughs> in his house and watch them together and alex joined me quite a bit on that um alex now lives out of state so unfortunately we can't get him uh on the fights but luckily for us we can get him remote on the podcast so that's pretty exciting yeah and i'll uh i'll definitely fly out for occasional fights as you know if uh, <laughs> one, a particular favorite fighter of mine yeah is, one particular uh, favorite fighter yeah tell us about that who's yeah. your favorite fighter uh my favorite fighter um dustin the diamond poirier um hot sauce a good one (laughs) hot sauce dustin uh i can't remember why whatever got me kind of into him i mean obviously it was after you and i started watching fights because i'd never heard of him before but Mm -hmm. i think very quickly i i liked his pretty basic style i think he's mostly a boxing and and wrestler um but in terms of fighters i really like and just i think athletes in general that i really like to root for goes beyond just kind of their skill set and how they actually perform but how they are as a person like outside the cage right and i think dustin's Mm -hmm. really known as being a very charitable and community oriented a good family man and so yeah i think that's kind of the biggest reason i always cheer for him yeah, definitely. No, I think that's uh that's important as well, especially considering like a a fighter that is on the um like very 
what's the word? I'm, I'm trying to say global, but it, they're very popular, you know, and so <laughs> all eyes are on, on them. And and it's hard because one of my favorite fighters or my favorite fighter is Raul Jasanya, Uh kind of tends to be a fool when he's um, not in the cage. And so it makes it difficult to try to defend him because people are like, oh man, that guy's so weird. He does all this weird crap. And then it makes it difficult for me to be like, oh yeah, but he's my favorite fighter. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what, what Alex is saying, it holds a lot of validity, meaning like you want these guys to be, they're your favorites, not only because of what they do in the fights, but also what they do outside of the cage. Um, and the octagon is highly important in that uh, uh decision but yeah so let's get on let's get on to the episode today the episode is our top fights of 2023 um i think 2023 is probably the one of the biggest years for upsets that i've ever witnessed in my life it was insane upsets every single almost every single main event there was an upset it was ridiculous um I think uh, a along to go or to go along with what our top twenty three would be is most of it's going to be like main events. I think I only have two fights that were not a main event on my list here. Uh, I don't know about you, Alex, but most of my fights were not or were main event fights where all eyes were on them. So, and I mean, I think subjectively it's just like that, you know, because. The the main thing with these fights is if they're championship fights or if they're main event fight, it's for a reason. So they're gonna bring a lot of fireworks and make it very exciting for for the viewers. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think I've got a couple, and I mean they might be main event fights. You might be able to tell me. Uh-huh. I can't remember uh, exactly, but I think I've got a couple on there that might just be regular bouts if you will okay um yeah so yeah (laughs) cool all right so i think the way we'll go is i'll just start let's just start at our number 10 yeah and then we'll go down the list you give your number 10 i'll give my number 10 and then we can uh kind of decide or not decipher but (laughs) discuss why we said that was our number 10 so i'll let you go first what is your number 10 so it'll be 10 being the like not worst fight but our bottom barrel and then one obviously being the best got it you got it all right well my number 10 (laughs) was uh dustin poirier and justin (laughs) gagey (laughs) the uh the the fight for the bmf title (laughs) yeah i think we all knew that was coming (laughs) i i didn't even know if i wanted to put it on my top 10 and again I, i guess uh, maybe uh, do you want me to give background? Yeah, on yeah. Go ahead. Maybe why it fell lower. Yeah, um, yeah. So as I said before, I mean Dustin Poirier is my favorite fighter. He unfortunately got knocked out in the uh, very beginning of the second round. I believe. Out. Yeah, he got a head kick. Um, I've never seen Dustin get knocked out. Yeah, uh, he's usually got a really strong chin, as they call it. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and that's the thing, though, is like. His name, Dustin's name, his nickname is The Diamond. And the reason he calls himself The Diamond is because he has such a strong chin. And so, again, just to reiterate what what Alex is saying, it was like, it was crazy. Watching that fight live was insane to see Dustin get knocked out like that. It was crazy. 
Yeah, it was it was painful to watch, but on the flip side, uh, I mean, you, you know, the the lightweight division is just so stacked; it's oh, yeah. insane. Anybody, everyone in there is an, a monster, um, yeah, and I really do like Justin Gagey as well. I think he's kind of similar uh, to Dustin in the sense that isn't he a boxer and wrestler as well? Yeah, so he was he is a yeah wrestler boxer so they both have the same fighting uh style because dustin i would say he's probably heavier into boxing and uh gagey would be more of a wrestler but they do have the same style of Mm -hmm. fighting so that's what made this like such a good matchup too i think um and considering that they're both vets dude though these guys have been in the ufc for such a long time and it makes it like i think it was a hard it was hard for every single person watching this fight because they are vets. They are some of the most beloved fighters in the MMA community. Mm-hmm. And witnessing like any of them lose was like going to be a tough pill to swallow for anybody. Even if it, right. even if Dustin were to knock out uh, Gagey, I think it would have been rough to watch, you know, because we all love Gagey. Yeah. He puts on a show almost every single fight exactly. he has. And I think it would have just been bitter to see see any of them lose. But to see mm-hmm. Dustin lose that in that manner, it was ooh, it was rough, dude. That was rough. Yeah, I uh, yeah, because I remember exactly. I was sitting there. I was with my dad. He's by no means a, a UFC fan at all. He, I had to explain to him that it's different from WWE, where it's not scripted. <laughs> and he um, didn't believe you, did he? I think I remember. No, that. he didn't. Yeah, no. But <laughs> anyway, awesome. we Good finally we were sitting down, and I was hyping up this fight for so long, I couldn't mm-hmm. stop talking about how excited I was to hopefully see Dustin win this. And then when he got knocked out, I was just like just in shock. I was like silent <laughs> and I just turned off the, the TV or, and I was like, I just, I got to go to bed. That was disgusting. But anyway, I mean, again, I don't want it to sound like, you know, too much bias. There's why it fell lower. Mainly the reason I had it fall so low and why I, almost didn't even want to put it on here was because it was pretty, a uh, pretty short fight. Oh yeah. Um, again, it was basically only one complete round there, um, but it was a good, it was a good first round. The two of them both landed some pretty good shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you kind of mentioned, I think in your first episode that a lot of fighters and especially in main events, um, maybe five round fights typically take that first round to kind of feel each other out. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they, did that but they also like these two being vets i mean they know each other well and uh i don't think they really need to take that much time but anyway i just felt like if it had gone much longer it definitely could have been way higher on the list but yeah just because it ended so quickly i couldn't couldn't rank it higher yeah i hear you i think uh another thing too with the which is uh kind of like played into this fight was their first clash together i mean they fought already and dustin walked out champ during that time and so it made it for a lot it made for a lot more of an interesting fight because we i think in my in my opinion and how the fight was going even in the first round in the beginning moments of the second round it was going toward dustin you know i think dustin Mm -hmm. is, is the obvious clear like obvious better fighter um, more, more technical, a little bit better IQ in my opinion. Um, but Gagey's a dog, bro. He is resilient. Yeah. He, he is a dog. He likes to fight. And so I think, um, 
in the beginning, it was weird to, uh, um, or sorry, it wasn't weird, but it was, it, it's felt clear. Like it was going to be Dustin. He had it in the bag, but I think this is one of the, one of those fights that really is like a testament to how unpredictable MMA just in general is within a matter of seconds, mm-hmm. it can completely change, you know, like nobody, nobody saw that kick coming and it put him out right. for the count. So, but yeah, that's a, I do have that one on my list and I'll get to it here in a minute. <laughs> Actually, I'll just tell you because we've gone through the fight right now. So I put that one on my list for number six. So I, I okay. really liked it. And interestingly, I put it on my list second or sixth because, because of how fast it was. I think um, the way some fighters are able to manipulate the other fighter and use their tactics very strategically, making it a very quick fight is I think one of the coolest things, you know, I, I'm not trying to mm-hmm. say that like a, a fight that goes on for 25 minutes, it's just a battle isn't good, which I have the next, my very next fight after that is uh one of the best fights that went full five rounds. It was a championship fight. And so the, the thing what I'm trying to say here is that no matter like how fast the fight is, in my opinion, um, I think there's, you can still see some brilliance in like, very good strategy, which is why I put that one on my six. Awesome. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, yeah, I, I sure we can all think of some of the best fights we've ever seen that only lasted one or two rounds. Definitely. Dude, one of the best fights and one of the fights that most people probably, probably know of is, I mean, Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo, dude, that fight oh, yeah. was for 30 seconds or something like that. I don't remember the exact time, but yeah. it is probably one of the most famous fights of all time. You know, it, it just, and it has that, it has that rank be, for a reason. You know, it, Conor McGregor was making waves throughout the divisions and this is when he became a uh, double champ, you know, something that's not been done mm-hmm. by anybody else. And so that was something super important for people and, we see it now, but all right, yeah. I'm going to give you my number 10. So this one okay. was the big boys. I've got USC 295, my number 10, Sergey Pavlovich, Pavlovich, sorry, versus Tom Aspinall. So awesome. this, this fight was crazy. And this is another one of those very quick fights. It was round one, uh, one minute and nine seconds in Tom Aspinall beats Sergey Pavlo- Pavlovich um, the reason I put this in my number 10, and it was tough to be honest. There was a lot of fights on the, on the 2023 year that were amazing fights. And there were a lot of undercards also that were very good fights. Um, I wanted to focus mainly on the more like star maker fights because I think <laughs> those are the ones that people remember the most that are more memorable. Um, and I think that this one checks that list easily because, this was supposed to be like a definitely like a five round fight. And it, we were supposed to be seeing fireworks and bombs everywhere like crazy because these guys are big boys. Tom Aspinall, I mean, they're heavyweights, right? So they're, they're in the, the, um, like upper range of most people. So heavyweight would be a 265 pound. That's heavy, dude. That is a big boy. And these dudes, especially Pavlovich, is known for the bombs that he throws. He 
He's got some rockers on his hands. And that was one thing that I was like, this fight might go to Pavlovich because he's got some knockout power. They're heavy hands. And the one thing with Tom was that he's fast. You know, he's one, he's like one of the fastest heavyweights that we've ever seen. And most of the time, heavyweights, because they're bigger guys, they don't move around very fast, but they're known to put on good battles because they're just dogs, you know? And then uh, this fight made my list because <laughs> of Aspinall's just kind of like complete and utter destruction of Sergey's game plan and everything. Honestly, he he just he put on a showcase of really good IQ, speed, and just precision in general. Um, watching the fight over and. You guys, if you want to, you guys can message us on Instagram. Our Instagram is MMA Amigos, and I will send you a link for any of these fights if need be, if you guys want to watch them over, but you can also YouTube them. Um, but during the fight, you can watch kind of Aspinall making adjustments. And, <clears throat> sorry. And uh, he lands two really good hooks on uh, Pavlovich and then lands a really good right and puts him out just onslaught of iron hammer uh yeah some hammer fist coming down on him in the end of the fight for me that was just a crazy fight to see because it was supposed to be a long kind of long-winded fight but it wasn't at all and i think aspinall really kind of left a lot of fans and a lot of people in the heavyweight division a little like starstruck almost or just like without words what's that word what am i trying to say right now the like speechless there it is left him speechless because of his his knockout powers kind of reinforced and uh um he showed that he was just a he was not here to play yeah i uh i'll be honest i had never heard of tom aspinall before this fight um dude and it's because he was yeah, hurt he was hurt for quite a while, okay. and then uh, he came back and he started making waves again. Again, I think the the biggest thing that he had to his, to his name that he was like one of the fastest heavyweights that people have ever seen. He's long and lanky too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, looking at him, I he doesn't, at least in my opinion, he doesn't look like a the typical heavyweight to me. I mean, I picture Gane or uh, Francis Ngannou. And Ganu, yeah. Um, uh, or I mean, even Pavlovich is. I mean, he kind of looks He's a that part, but yeah. Uh, I mean, at least I don't know. I've just kind of seen like interviews with Aspinall, and I'm just like, man, he he seems like a relatively small looking heavyweight to me. Yeah. But <laughs> it's uh, crazy but to no, see him. I mean, ring. Yeah, these these heavyweights, man. That's the crazy thing is, I feel like. I'd like to see kind of the statistics on that, how many of them end in a, a KO or a TKO just because they yeah. land one solid punch and it's it's night-night. No, seriously, though. That's that's the crazy thing about it. Like, I mean, we look at somebody like Francis Ngannou that, and we'll talk about Francis here in a little bit, um, but he was reigning champ for a reason. People compared his punch to uh, Ford Focus going, at full well not full speed but 75 miles an hour that is absolutely insane can you imagine holy shit dude can you imagine a freaking <laughs> board focus to the scale of a fist coming at your face i would die that would suck 
All I remember from that is the Jackass movie when they brought out oh, yeah. Keanu, uh to punch that dude right in the cup and he broke the dude's cup. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. He's insane. No He's a problem. dog. And I mean, yeah, you I see that him. through all the heavyweights. You look at somebody like Tai Tuivasa, um, which, mm-hmm. dude, I love that guy. He's probably one of my favorite yeah. fighters. Oh, yeah. too. He's a great guy. Really uh, um, mm-hmm. humble dude, which is insane. Like he came off a five fight losing streak and then went on like a seven fight winning streak. Right now yeah. he's kind of laying stagnant, which is okay. I think there's hope. I think there's still hope for him to uh, make make a run for the champ, but. Um, somebody like tied to Ivasa, you watch him fight, man. And he, he lands one good hook on somebody. They're out. They're completely yeah. on the ground. And it's the same thing with most of these guys. You know, the heavyweight division is not really known for their, for their speed, their length and stuff like that. They're known for their knockout power. And so for this fight to go the way it did, I think was so awesome. You know, I think, uh, uh Tom Aspinall is going to hold that belt for quite a long time, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if anybody takes it from him for a while. So on that, maybe you can explain this to me because I thought John Jones had the heavyweight title. Yeah. So, and that's probably a good thing to go over right now. Um, so the, the heavyweight title is technically held by John Jones, but after John Jones had his, uh, his pectoral tear, he is currently out of the division. He holds the championship belt still, but um, what Tom Aspinall holds is what we call an interim belt, meaning he is going to take the place of champion while the actual champion is out for a little bit. Um, and the reason they do this is because they don't want to strip John Jones, or, and this happens often where Dana White will say, hey, Dana White being again the, um, president of the promotion but dana white will say hey we have an opportunity to do another championship fight because it's going to bring a lot bring in a lot of money and dana white just loves that freaking skrilla um but he'll do it because it brings in a lot of revenue it kind of sets up a really great fight for the uh champ when he comes back and so yeah what that means is he is just intern champ. He technically does have a champ status, but it's not really like officially official until he does beat John Jones. And we hopefully will see that fight this year. I would say later in the year is my guess. I don't think John will come back any earlier than maybe November ish. He got the uh, worked on his pectoral. Hmm. And so, and then I think he just recently got surgery on his forearm as well. Something else was bothering him, but yeah. So that's kind of, is that kind of explained what, uh, interim would be? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I guess I didn't realize that Aspinall was the interim champion. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But well, that's going to be, uh, an awesome fight when Jones comes back. Yeah. It'll be a dog fight, dude. That's, uh, and Jones is on my list and we'll, we'll get there, but that's going to be a really good fight. Um, especially considering that the last person to have kind of like, so John, man, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I'll save this for a little bit. Let's keep going sure, down sure. our list here. Yeah, um, for sure. Here, I'll give you my number 10 or my number nine, and then we'll, we'll hop over to yours here in a second. Cool. So my number nine for 2023 is UFC 286. This is going to be Justin Gagey versus 
Raphael Fiziz. Dude, this fight was awesome. I loved it so much. I think this is this is one of those fights that you want to share with your friends. You know, this is a fight that like you hope people will watch with you if they're trying to get into MMA because it is so good. It was clinical. It was, I mean, very high IQ fighting. It was wrestling. It was clinching. It was everything. Everything under the sun, this fight held it. And I think it really showed how good of a fighter Justin Gagey has become. I think Justin was a pretty volatile fighter um, a few years ago just because his style of fighting was just, just be a dog, you know, just be a dog and try to get into the fight, um, be aggressive with it. And this kind of caused for him to be more erratic in my opinion, um, which was unfortunate because I think if he would have changed his style much earlier on to some kind of like how he's fighting now, he would have been in title contention a lot more than he has been. He could even be a champion. Um, the biggest thing with Gagey now is that he's fighting with a great IQ, with great IQ. I don't, not say not to say that he didn't have it prior to, but he's just using it a lot more now. And this fight really displayed that, in my opinion. I think that's why it, it takes the number nine spot for me is because he put on a clinic, dude. He beat he beat up Fizzy's really good. I think uh, the first two or the first, uh, yeah, I think the first round and a half or so, it was pretty even. But after that, I mean, dude, Gagey just started piecing him up, and Fizzy's walked out of that fight just beat up dude those pictures that you see of him oh man it is bloody <laughs> it is bad but yeah i think that's oh, why yeah. this fight goes to my uh, number nine spot that's on my list as well um i mean do you want me to maybe go over my thoughts on that fight too yeah yeah let's hear. what do you put it or... your, what's your ranking on it <laughs> it was number four for me really okay yeah yeah um just because, I mean, that one did go the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it was it was interesting because I think Gagey had uh, kind of a lot riding on this because Fazeev is, I guess, not as well known. Um, you know, if he loses to this vet um, and this dog, you know, Gagey, mm-hmm. I mean – that's kind of what you expect. But if Gagey loses to him, to Fazeev, then uh, that's a pretty bad loss. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. not. I don't know, but um, no, but you're right. Like I think Fazeev took the first round, Gagey took the second round and then, uh, but they were both, yeah, pretty close there. But then, yeah, the third round Gagey just laid it on him, but it was really cool to see Fazeev just, I mean, he was so on point with his body kicks, and uh, he's a scary kickboxer, dude. It that's, was, yeah, it's yeah. and that was one of his one of the things that he used uh, um, it, to his advantage. I think those leg kicks were mm-hmm. piecing Justin's calves up yeah. so badly. It was rough; like you could tell it was really hurting him. Um, but again, I think. Gagey's just a dog, dude. He he likes to go to war. He likes to put those fight of the mm-hmm. night um, performances out. And I think um, that's one cool thing about Gagey is that I don't think he's not gotten fight of the night every time he's fought. So that's like kind of gives you an idea of like what kind of person he is, what kind of fights he puts on for the fans. They're aggressive. 
It's a slugfest through and through. Yeah, definitely. And man, if, if you watch that fight, especially the first couple of rounds, mm-hmm. it really shows how strong of a chin just, uh, Gagey has there. Yeah, I mean, dude. he was just taken oh. that first round, just eating so many punches and kicks and there was knees, but knee. it was really impressive. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. The knee, um, what kind of late in the first round? Yeah, I, it was, it was late in the first round. It was, uh, Fiziz just throws a flying knee at Gagey as he's going for a mm-hmm. takedown. I thought he was done for it. I mean, he got rocked pretty oh, yeah. bad. And, but that's the thing. That was a really cool thing to see with this fight is that both the fighters are putting in the work and they would rock each other. Rock, when I say rock, it means like they they starch themselves. They almost get to the point of a knockout, but they're kind of dazed a little, like still aware right. of what's going on. Um, but both fighters throughout were getting rocked pretty hard and they would just keep brawling, dude. That's the cool thing about these guys is they just put on a great event. Yeah, Fazita is going to be nasty in the uh, the lightweight division. I'm excited to see more of him. But um, yeah, I mean, Gagey's Gagey's the man. Um, but yeah, I think it, his experience uh, just kind of proved to be a little too much. But it was it was really impressive to see Fazita not allowing Gagey to really close the distance and use some of his ground game as wrestling mm-hmm. there. So I think yeah. Fazita knew. If it goes to the ground, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. I think that's one big thing that Justin has is his wrestling, you know, and I think you hit it right on the head. I think Faziz was a little scared, worried that if he did go to the ground, he would end it then. Um, but no, I mean, great fight through and through. It was a, it was a banger and put up a lot of fireworks. Um, I I thought about putting this fight a little bit higher on my list, but all my other fights, it just like it, it it was just so difficult to decide. It was so difficult to decide what to put into this list and how to organize it. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with it at nine for me at least. Cool. Uh, at nine, I had, uh, the uh, title fight there with, uh, Sterling and Sugar Sean O'Malley. Dang. Now, I will tell you, I'm sure this one ranked higher for you. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of like the Poirier Gagey fight for me. I think, had it gone maybe a little bit longer and we would have been able to see these two kind of really have a war there, I think it would have really gone up higher there for me. But the reason I added it to the list, I mean, both great fighters um, in what, Bantamweight? Right? Uh, Bantamweight, not Flyweight. They're Bantamweight. Uh, No, no, no. I think. Yeah. Sorry, continue. I'll, I'll uh, clarify here and just. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, either way, I mean, those really lighter weight divisions are, are a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I was really excited for this one just because, yeah, Sterling, uh, he's had that championship belt. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding it. I know your <laughs> feelings on uh, <laughs> Sterling there. Um, yeah. But I was kind of excited to see if he could actually prove that he is a champion and mm-hmm. obviously a lot of hype behind O'Malley. I've been a big fan of his. I love watching that dude fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, O'Malley proved he is the best in that division and kind of proved uh, very early on that, uh, yeah, maybe Sterling is still a great fighter, but but not a champion there. And So that one went, I think, uh, into the second round and then O'Malley 
won by TKO. Yeah, dude. Second round finish at 51 seconds in. That was a crazy fight. And it is okay. bantamweight. Um, that fight actually sits number four on my list. So okay. the reason being is, <laughs> and I know we said we weren't going to be biased. We're going to try to limit as much bias as we can, but I hate Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> so much no that's too harsh i don't hate him i just think he's kind of a clown um <laughs> again i mean and maybe i don't have any room to speak because i'm not a ufc fighter and these guys go through kind of like hella hell to get to where they're at um but i just am not a huge fan of aljo i think the way he wrote he won the title belt was very dumb and they should have just called it an a no contest uh but he won by well i mean he technically won by like a doctor stoppage essentially uh and and that's how he became champ mind you he has said he has said like oh no i hated that he became champ in that way i wish it was a different way but then he kind of starts to read the curve of like oh no like i'm not like it hurt really bad you know i'm sure it hurt so I guess I probably should say what happened. Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling were fighting for the uh, championship belt. And Piotr Jan had hit Aljamain Sterling in the uh, side of his face with a knee. And this was an issue because if a fighter is not grounded, meaning they don't have control of their body when they're on the mat, you sh- you can't knee them in the head uh, because it can just kind of give them really bad damage. And so the UFC has kind of outlawed that. And so one thing that a lot of people do is, uh, or sorry, yeah, one people that people do is they put their hand onto the mat and that allows them to be grounded. Um, And so that's what Aljo was trying to do, but he didn't do it in time. He got kneed in the head and then the uh, they called the fight after that and they DQ'd uh, Piotr Jan because of it. And that's how Aljo won his belt. Mind you, after all this happened, Aljo was a pretty dominant champ. Um, I, I do have to give him props for that. He did go through quite a few fighters. I think he was on a five-fight defense after this. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he, I think he did earn his place to be champ eventually. But I had a feeling that Sean would beat him. And I think that's why I put it so high on my list is because Sean really just displayed, like, a great technical technical like great showcase of technical striking very good iq and his ability to adjust during fights um so during the fight it was round two aljo came in he was just kind of trying to get he's putting that dog in him you know he's he was rushing uh sean often and sean knew that and so with a little bit of a, a feint almost, he switched it up on Sterling, put a really great right hook in, and then started raining down some hammer fists. And uh, that obviously ended the fight pretty quick. Um, the cool thing about this fight for me, and this is probably why it ranked a little bit higher, was because Sean's only been in the UFC for five years. And that is pretty good that's a really good timeline to become a ufc champion you know not many people can do that um off the top of my head i know israel desanya did it uh obviously sean o'malley now did it john jones is one of the fastest to do it 
but not many others got to that point within such a small time frame, which is why I think this ranked up a lot higher. And obviously, my uh, um, feelings toward Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> I think that's fair, though. I mean, this is well, our personal list there, how they made us feel as fans of the sport. And I think when it's either a fighter you absolutely love, um, you love to see them win, or a fighter that you, you really don't like seeing them lose, um, I, I think that's fair. And, and I think bias is always going to play in a little bit. But from what it sounds like, um, Aljermaine Sterling, if you're listening, Gabe here thinks he can beat you. He's calling you out. Yeah, dude, I'm calling you so, out. We'll fight, and then you can beat my ass. I don't care. And then we'll probably become whatever. friends after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, gonna, no, that's good. That's uh, yeah. I'll come out. Uh, I'll come out like uh, like what's his name? Freak! I just forgot his name. F- Frank bricked up or flick bricked up flick. There it was. I'll come out bricked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be bricked up, but I'll if Aljamain Sterling ever did want to fight, I'll take it. And uh, uh, as long as he pays for my medical bills, I'll fight. I don't care. I don't know, man. If you can throw in some knees, uh, he might be in trouble. <laughs> some knees? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I'll just change my name to uh, Gabriel Jan and then knee him in the face. Yeah, that dude's got a chin of glass when it comes to knees. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> nah, all right. Um, sick. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, what are we on? Number yeah, eight now? Number eight. Let's hear your number eight. Let's hear it. My number eight. And uh, I'm really sorry about this. Um, dude, I know what you're going to say. Sh- Okay, just say. Take, say take a guess. No, take no, a no. guess. Just say. It, just say. It. Please. No, I think. Well, I think you okay. were gonna say. Uh, I think you were gonna say. Uh, Alex Pereira versus Izzy. Am I wrong? Oh no. Oh, okay, no. good. That was a, that was a horrible fight. No, I'm just kidding. That was a great fight. Um, uh, number eight is actually Sean Strickland versus Izzy. Number oh really? When he uh, when he lost the belt. Interesting. I actually did not put that one um, on my list. Do the fan, do the uh, listeners know? Uh, oh, you've already stated that. Yeah, is yeah. your favorite fighter? Um, yeah, they know, and, and, and I, I think that's a good. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, no, 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 no. Um, no, I, I think Izzy is yeah, great uh, pick for a favorite fighter. Um, but no, I I picked this fight. Um, sadly, you know, I didn't get to watch it there live with you, but um. I mean, you guys already kind of talked about it a little bit here in uh, an earlier episode, so I won't spend too much time on it. But it was pretty cool to see um, uh, Strickland win that and just really prove that, I mean, he is one of the best of the best. And that mm-hmm. is, again, another pretty stacked division there. Um, and, yeah, as, as much as I, you know, I also want to cheer for Izzy as well. It was really cool to kind of see, in my, at least in my opinion, maybe, I, I don't know the odds on this fight or anything, but I assume Strickland was probably a pretty good underdog in the, oh, going yeah. into this he fight. Was. Um, but uh, it was it was really cool to see, uh, yeah, the underdog kind of win that and uh, just dominate completely from, yeah. you know, every aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed that that fight. 
Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I think uh, I probably should have put it on my list, but the reason I didn't put it on my list was I think I <laughs> – it's funny because I say I stated this in the beginning. You know, I think it's cool to see fighters show their, their abilities and their um, technical striking and stuff like that, and I think Strickland really, really did a great job at doing so. Um, but honestly, some other fights, I have it in my, in my honorable mentions. That is one thing. So I do have a list of honorable mentions that I think Strickland versus Izzy, or yeah, Strickland versus Izzy was a great fight too. And again, we stated at this beginning of the episode too, but it was the year of underdogs, you know, Strickland yeah. was a heavy underdog in that fight and he came out on top, which was crazy. I don't think anybody, anybody had Izzy losing that fight. Because he is such a technical striker. And you look at somebody like Strickland where he's not very technical. He's more of like a, a, a hands-down boxer, which is very weird. You know, he he fights very close-chested. He he moves with his shoulders a lot. And um, that fighting style just didn't really mesh well with what Izzy came, like brings to the table. But the thing is, Strickland showed it to us. You know, he showed us the, that he can change his game. He can be the better fighter and you know i think uh he definitely uh he definitely deserved that win for sure and i hope izzy comes back stronger and and he does better at his game plan you know i think that was the biggest thing is that he couldn't control the game plan he couldn't he couldn't control the fight like he usually does and it threw him for a loop um but an interesting stat with that the middleweight division right now has seen five five UFC champions champions within the last two years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. And I had, uh, I texted Gabe about this pretty shortly after the Strickland, uh, Duplessis fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, dude, the middleweight division is just whack. Like no one can defend their title. It's no, just, it's crazy. Whoever the, the, uh, uh, I mean the champion just, yeah, it has been losing every single time. It's, it's, it's wild. It's crazy, and and it was really, it wasn't until Alex Pereira, Pereira came into the UFC that that changed, because mm-hmm. Izzy prior to this was defending his title like, I mean it was easy. He had made laps through that division. Oh yeah, you know, he nobody was able to take Izzy's throne <clears throat> until Alex Pereira came around, and we we saw how that fight went. You know he he put a clinic clinic on. He beat him fair and square. But yeah, that was a good good fight for a number eight. I think for sure. Yeah. So my number eight is UFC 287, Kelvin Gastelum versus Chris Curtis. Now this fight, and we talked about Chris Curtis in our UFC breakdown of 297. Um, Chris Curtis, I think in my opinion, this is probably one of the fights that really cemented him as like one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC. And I think it also brought back a lot of eyes to Kelvin Gastelum. Um, Kelvin Gastelum had been on the decline and still regrettably at this time is still on the decline as well. He's an older guy, you know, he's been in the UFC for quite a long time. He's had some bangers in that octagon and with bangers comes decreased longevity. And so I think that's one big thing with Gastelum is that his, his time in the octagon right now is limited, very limited. And, um, this fight definitely added to that, uh, decrease in his longevity but it was a dog fight, dude. This is probably one of the best fights, I think, of this century. It was insane. <laughs> um, 
Chris Curtis and Kelvin Gastelum went with the full three rounds. So this was not a main event, but it uh, should have been for sure. I don't think anybody guessed it was going to go like this, but um, Kelvin actually walked out champ after this fight via third or via decision. But I think a lot of people had written Kevin Kelvin off at this point, um, especially because his last like good uh, uh, fight had been, in my opinion, had been against Izzy for the title. And so during that fight, I think he put on a like a really good slugfest. He put on a lot of really good technical ability, but we hadn't seen him fight like that in that style for a long time. And then this fight came up and it was awesome, dude. All three rounds, it had insane back and forth. Both of them had really good knockdown power behind their jabs and their hooks, uh, which made it for just a really good fight. I don't think it really went to the ground at all. I think it went to the ground like once. Maybe I think Kelvin hopped onto uh, Chris Curtis at one point, but after that, they just stood up and then they just kept going at each other, dude. They traded and traded throughout the entire thing. Um, and you hear the commentators through, through the whole fight, everybody, you know, you watch the fight, everyone in Octagon or the uh, stadium is just like, Oh, every time. Oh, Oh. (laughs) And so, yeah, I love this fight. I thought it was one of the best, but takes my number eight spot. Solid. And, uh, yeah, this, this is probably my, my casual fan showing, but I going to be honest. I don't even remember this fight. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you're, you're saying it was one of the best you've seen. I probably got to go back and watch it. Dude, you got to watch so, it. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to watch it. You, you've you got the link for it. So watch it after this episode. Yeah. Because you're going to be like, holy shit, this is a banger. You're going to wish you put it on your list. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. All right. <laughs> yeah, what did you put in for your number eight? Did we already go over that? Yeah, Strickland. Strickland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, here, I'll do my number seven right now. Okay. UFC 290, Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner. Ooh, this fight was nice. awesome. I love this fight. Uh, I think yes. this is another one of those uh, a very technical fighting, like where it was just fireworks throughout the entire uh, three-round fight. So this one went to decision for Dan Hooker, and it was awesome, man. I think I think a lot of people thought Dan Hooker was going to lose this fight in the beginning. The first round definitely went to Jalen. Uh, but Hooker turned it around, man. The second round was awesome. That's when both of them really started trading. There's a lot of really great knockdowns, really high intensity, almost the entire round. And then the third round comes along, and then Hooker just turns into a dog, dude. He just starts going ape. That man was wild in the third round. Uh, third round starts, and he immediately puts on the pressure to Turner. He immediately starts attacking him. Uh, gets a few good takedowns, a few good knockdowns. And then, uh, oh, one thing to mention too is that the second round of this fight, if it would have gone maybe five seconds longer, turn or uh, Hooker would have won 100%. He was on the ground with Turner on a rear naked choke, and it looked like Turner was lights out. The bell rings, they separate him, and Turner's just kind of sitting there on the ground. He does, he like didn't know where he was. He was broken at that point and so if that fight would have gone any longer 100 percent would have been a, a submission for hooker yeah this one uh this one's also on my list um a little bit higher 
Okay. Um, well, I actually had this one as number five on my list. Interesting. Um, okay. But yeah, this one was a, a battle, man. Um, I mean, Hooker always gives us a a pretty good um, uh, bang for our buck there. Yeah. And I don't know. It was because you and I had kind of talked about last night um, Poirier versus Hooker uh, back during the COVID days. And I mean, that one was man just uh, anyway it just kind of shows you know hooker hooker can go the distance you just trade blows all night long and um man yeah there was a i'm trying to remember when it was but hooker took a ate a nice kick to the head Um, head. he got kicked so hard he forgot it was possible to get knocked out yeah Um, dude for real that's one reason why i put this put this fight um in my number six spot actually it was because it wasn't. It wasn't only because of the fight during the fight, but post fight, Hooker told everybody that he suffered an orbital break in his face. Oh yeah, and an arm break as well during that fight. But he kept going, and that orbital break came in the second round when freaking yeah, uh, um, Jalen went straight to Hooker's dome, dude. Like mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. Yeah, he's. He's insane. Um, yeah, really enjoy watching him. But yeah, excellent choice. <laughs> Thank you. That, so that was a that was your number four, right? That was my number five. Oh, that was your number five. Okay, and then I already. So my number. Oh, oh wait, we need to go over. So that your was your seven. seven. Yeah, yeah. What's your number? Yeah, seven? my my number seven um, might actually be the only women's uh, fight we've got on our list. Oh, but, really? Uh, Grasso and Shevchenko. Both Ooh. fights. Both fights. They fought twice. Yeah. Yeah, they fought twice uh, last year, right? First mm-hmm. one, um, uh, I don't think, I think it was a, what do they call it? No contest? No, um, so that one did uh, um, Grasso won. The, the rear naked one? choke, yeah. Yep, and then the second one was Oh, it was the second one that was a no contest, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but I, I, these two are... Those are real, a really exciting uh, couple to watch. I yeah, that first um, fight they had, I yeah, wasn't familiar with Grasso at all. Um, but I really like Shevchenko. She's probably mm-hmm. my favorite in the women's division. There, yeah, um, she's awesome. Man, she can. I mean, she has knockout power, but yeah, she's really, really good on the ground as well. But no, those those two battled it out. Um, it was awesome to see them fight again. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the year but yeah that's uh, <laughs> no that's a good number it. that's a good number seven i think uh one uh one cool thing about grasso was i i guess just to kind of say or to echo what you're saying as well is she was not very well known she was not a very exciting fighter but she finally made it up to that division or to that uh, uh championship contention and uh she put on a show dude she was definitely gonna lose that fight too I think that's one one important thing yeah. to mention about that first fight is that she was losing it on cards in in like striking everything. She was losing it. And then the last round, she pulled something out and got that rear naked choke and put Valentina out, you know. And I think again, just to reiterate, this is the this was a year of upsets. She was not favored to win that fight. She was the underdog and she got it done. She this fight is on my honorable mentions as well um i just had so many other fights that i i just like 
I don't know. I thought they were so good. You know, I had a hard time putting that one down. I think it was still a really great fight. And uh, I think they'll definitely have to run it back, do a number three for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was, yeah, crazy because Shevchenko, she was so dominant in the flyweight mm-hmm. division for, I mean, she was champion for, I don't even remember how long, but she held that title a for a long time. So, I mean, that was a huge upset there. And I was also upset, but it's all right. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, still no, a really good fight, fight, though. Really good fight. Okay. Now to your number six. What do you have for number six? Oh, number six. Um, yeah, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. Ooh, if I said that right, and uh, Jeff Neal. Dude, that fight was wild. Yeah, this one. I don't know. I was trying to decide if it should go up a little bit higher, maybe higher than Hooker Turner, um, or even Gagey Fazib. But mm. it, it's kind of up there uh, with all of those. That one went uh, into the third round. Of course, Shavkat won. By submission, what rear naked choke? Uh, yeah, I, I can't so. remember. Yeah, it was Something a standing like that, rear but... naked choke, which is like insane. Nobody yeah. does that. <laughs> right, that dude's awesome though. He's undefeated. Um, yeah. Made me cry when he beat uh, Wonder Boy Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still crying, but you know, <laughs> he's a, he's an exciting fighter to watch. Welterweight, uh, another really good division there. A lot of great fighters in there but yeah that one was exciting i mean yeah all every round was uh was crazy yeah dude i think another cool thing with that fight is uh you know shav man I, i'm probably gonna butcher his name but shavkant shav shoot freak ah shit <laughs> shavkant uh was definitely like a hype train i mean he still is a hype train a lot of people think yeah. he's gonna make uh, he's going to hold or go to, for a uh, title contingent here pretty soon in the middleweight division. Um, but yeah, man, I think uh, Neil kind of put that to rest, you know, showing that he isn't all cracked up what he, what he, everybody thinks he's supposed to be. Um, obviously, he still ended it in a fantastic manner. Doing that standing rear naked choke is just insane. Not Not many people can pull that off. Cause it's hard to do a rear naked choke already on the ground is difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was able to pull it off. So yeah, props to him. He's not on my list, but he is on my honorable mentions list. And he's got, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he has finished every single fight he's had. Yep. That's bananas. And I, th- yeah, he has not gone without finishing a fight. And that's the other thing too, is with that freaking Thompson fight, he, uh, almost didn't finish it. Which is crazy, Thompson. And maybe maybe he, that's something. Oh, sorry. No, no. Good, good. I was going to say real quick. Maybe that's something. If you haven't already, um, if people don't know what finishing a fight is, but yeah. So, and and this is kind of like for a while. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, this is to go along with like how you would win a fight, right? So unanimous, obviously split majority, a draw, TKO, KO, all that stuff. We did go over that, but when we reference a finish, meaning the fighter completes the fight without a decision involved at all, a referee stoppage is fine. A technical knockout is fine. A submission is fine. Stuff like that. That would be considered a finish. Um, when you're not able to finish the fight, but you still win, that would be a decision. So when we say he was able to finish it, that means he was able to finish it via 
submission TKO or KO of that banner. Pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, so that was your number six, right? Yeah. Okay, my number six, we already went over this, was uh, UFC 291, Poirier versus Gagey 2. Okay. And then, uh, and then, yeah. I got my number five now. What was your number five? Mine was Hooker and Turner. Okay, so my number five is the same card. It's actually the main event of that card, UFC 290, Alexander Bontaha, Bontaha versus Brandon Moreno 2. Ooh. Dude, I love this fight. It was so, yeah. so good. This is seriously like, and not only because he is, uh, uh, Brandon Moreno is Mexican. I was rooting for him, but because he's a dog, dude, it's, it is insane to believe or to, to, to know that the UFC was, well, had considered or had dropped, uh, Brandon and was considering also dropping, uh, Alex. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to know that. And then to know that they both are now UFC champions, that is already like putting him into a hall of fame status, you know, especially for this fight. I guarantee this fight will go into hall of fame, hall of fame status. It is one of the greatest displays of brawn heart and technical ability. Honestly, both of these guys put on a clinic. Both of them were able to grapple with each other so efficiently that you never knew what was going to happen. You know, Alex would take down Brandon and Brandon would just start putting in the work, doing a lot of the hand fighting, hand fighting, meaning mainly what you want to do when you're on the ground and you're trying to submit somebody is you maneuver your own hands to get into a good position where you can uh, uh, start sinking in a submission, start doing whatever you can to break that fighter. Uh, the other fighter's job is to defend feet from getting hooks and defend their own hands from playing a role in also uh, creating a submission for your self, essentially. So there's there's a few fighters or there's a few moves that you can do where it would be like a a, a triangle choke, and you're using your own your your opponent is using your own arms to get that triangle choke in, and that's one thing that Brandon Moreno really understood well throughout this fight is how to fight off his hands, his own hands. You know, it's just a game. And uh, I think Brandon did a great job at that. And then Alex also was so, so resilient. Dude, he was looking beat up. I mean, both these both these guys were looking beat up by the last rounds. Um, but he was just showing resilience, you know. third, Probably the second-ish round, entering into the third round, you could tell, dude, Alex was gassed. He was gassed so bad. You know, we we call these things championship rounds when you go into four and five. And it didn't look like Alex was going to be able to make it into the into the championship rounds, but he kept going, man. That was one thing that I think uh, th- that's why it, this one sat so high on my list was because it was uh, it was just a really good display of what it means to be a champion for a lot of these guys and what fighting means just in general you know, to, to a lot of them just showed a lot of heart, a lot of really good skill. And yeah, love that fight. I also love that fight. <laughs> it actually ranked number two for me. Um, I know, I, I'm kind of regretting. I should have put it higher, but no, I think it, number two is a good spot for it. Yeah. And I remember this was one, I mean, I guess we didn't watch together, but, um, we kind of did, uh, in a way. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I was I was really excited for this one. I wanted to see Moreno win again as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, flyweight's an awesome division. Like I said, I love these kind of lower weight divisions. Um, but this one was kind of one that I think, I guess, possibly could have gone either way. I think I remember right when we were talking about it after that um, with Brandon having the belt already and it was already pretty close, you know, sometimes it tends to stay with the champion um, in a pretty close battle there. But that's the thing is Moreno, I mean, he, I think he landed some more shots, but of course Pantoja had a lot more control time on the ground. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Could be on either way, but yeah. just uh, wow. Yeah, Incredible great fight, hype. dude. I think. Uh, yeah, that's another thing I forgot to mention is that that fight was pretty controversial. I mean, ultimately the fight, the decision did go to uh, Alex, but I think a lot of people, again, to echo what Alex just mentioned, was most of the time, if you are a champion and it goes to decision. Most of the time, it's like Tide goes to the runner, but in this case, Tide goes to the champ. You know, you have to prove yourself to undoubtedly beat the champion to take their belt away. And I think that was one thing that I I really do like. You know, especially a fight being so close. I think the the fight should have definitely gone to Brandon, in my opinion. But that is some bias that I have, obviously. Uh, But yeah, I think. uh, really great fight and looking back on it now i think both both were dogs and at the very least they should have done a draw but i don't know it's it's usually pretty unlikely to do a draw especially in a, yeah. a championship fight but i mean we saw it in alexa versus grass or uh, grasso versus shevchenko so never know but that's good that was yeah, a good we, fight I think that was my number five so we've talked about that before how sometimes it's disappointing um when champions i mean they kind of use that third band or they think they do and you oftentimes see a a champion kind of play it safe um Mm -hmm. and just and then sometimes end up losing by decision because they really were just you know not really willing to take any risks they just Mm -hmm. felt you know if we keep it close belt just stays with me but i mean brandon obviously didn't do that he he went to battle on this one and just an awesome fight, but yeah, yeah, at this point, but man, what a card that entire event dude, that 290 card is wild. Like, I have man. two two fights from that same card that are in my uh top 10 list, so I mean, that's already more than any other card that's on this list. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, man. That was a that was a really good fight, and I, I uh really loved it, and I think it was good. It was good call out that you just mentioned that. I think a lot of fighters, a lot of championships champions do tend to just point fight. And that was one thing that, that Izzy was really bad about, you know, mm-hmm. he loved to point fight. And at times though, his point fighting really turned into something very stylistic. Yeah. Like a fight against, uh, um, ah, crap. I just forgot his name. Paulo Costa. Everybody was like, Oh yeah. man, here comes another point fight. But dude, he <clears throat> dismantled Costa. It was insane. That fight was crazy. Like, I don't think I've ever seen such a technical fight in my life until that fight. Even like fighting, watching Anderson Silva's fights, that fight that he put on against uh, uh, Costa was awesome. But then you have uh, other fights that he just is point fighting. And I think, uh, I think you're right. Brandon Moreno definitely didn't do that. He went out to, to brawl and he did it really, really well. 
definitely. All right. My number four was the Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Okay. And your number four was? Uh, Gagey and Fazeev. Okay, cool. All righty. I'll, I'll shoot out my number three. Here we go. All right. <laughs> UFC 285, John Jones versus Serial Gone. Okay. Dude. So this one, I think, in, do you have this one on your list? I don't. Okay. So, and I would probably guess that most people don't, but I think one thing that really cemented this one to be up higher on my list was that a lot of people were very skeptical of John Jones, uh, his return, I guess. John Jones took a hiatus for about five years from the UFC. He was not fighting at all. Um, obviously, this was, this was part in part to do with a lot of his personal issues that he had. Um, and I, I genuinely don't like, I don't think John Jones is a very good person in my opinion. I think he's kind of an ass, but, um, yeah, I think his game speaks for itself. Uh, and obviously we saw it very well in this fight. John Jones coming off a five year hiatus. Everybody thought he was going to have that, uh, that, like ring rust and ring rust being obviously exactly what it sounds like. He just wouldn't be as good as he was. Um, he comes back, dude, he's supposed to have this crazy fight with Francis and Ganu. And then the, uh, random departure of Francis and Ganu due to his issues with Dana White and the promotion set up this really awesome bout between Ciro Gan, And it was great, dude. You know, I mean, we, I think you watched the fight as well, but John Jones <laughs> silenced all the doubters that night, dude. He, he solidified himself as the goat, which a lot of people say that he is, uh, and Definitely. showed that he can just dismantle anybody that he fights against. You know, I think he showed that he is, he's not even on the same like plane as these fools. He's on his, he's on his own level. And the weird thing with that fight was that it almost seemed like John was, and maybe I'm just overstating this or over over exaggerating it, but it almost seemed like John was toying with Gain, Gone, whatever you want to say. But it seemed like he was just kind of like messing with him. Like he could have ended the fight any point in time. Cause I don't know. I don't know. I just I just feel like it was just a very, very different fight where usually you see Gone being the more dominant fighter, very aggressive, but then John's just kind of Jones just kind of shut him down, dude. This uh this fight mm-hmm. went to Jones via submission in, in round one, two minutes and four seconds. Took down uh, Gon and he sunk in a uh, a nice little um, uh, oh man, I just forgot the name of it. It was just a choke, like a, a standing choke almost. Yeah. I don't freak. I just forgot the name, but yeah, it was awesome. I love that fight. It was, and I think this is something that you know, if if you're not really following UFC all that closely. John Jones, this was his first fight as a heavyweight, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too, is that he came into this fight being a, a heavyweight. Prior to this, he was light heavyweight, and he was big, mm-hmm. dude. He was a chunky dude. Usually, he's the fastest guy on the freaking octagon, but yeah, he was definitely he a heavier weight class. Serious LBs. Oh, yeah, serious. Like, you look at pictures of him from light heavyweight versus heavyweight. He is a, he's a big boy. But I, 
Yeah, and so I mean the fact that yeah he took this this pretty extended leave from the UFC, but yeah I I would say yeah the majority of people are gonna argue he is the greatest fighter of all time, and I would I would definitely give him that that mm-hmm. title as well. But it was like he hadn't left when Seriously. watching that fight, and uh, I mean Gane is by no means. Uh, an easy fight. I mean, he, he was the champion and he, uh, he can, he's got a good ground game. He's got good striking. I mean, he's, he's a pretty good all around package there, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Jones just immediately submitted him. <laughs> it <was> crazy. <laughs> just like the memes that came out of it, like the the picture of when he's walking away and Ghana's Ghana's face, just sitting just there like, like almost the in hell? disbelief. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? Is he real? And like, mm-hmm. and I think that's just, and that's a big reason for me why it didn't even make my list because I, I didn't really expect anything else from this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just assumed Jones was just gonna Get yeah, dominate the entire thing. And it wasn't really going to be much of a fight. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a fight. It's crazy. I can't wait for him to come back and see what he's got in store for us next. Yeah. All right, what's your number three? My number three, Alex Pajeda and Israel Adesanya too. Dang. Yeah, I know. I know. Gabe liked this one a lot. Um, I I love this fight as well. I love these two uh, as fighters. There, mm. I I don't know. I don't know your opinion on Pajeda there. Um, just given <laughs> he is, you know, the enemy of Israel Adesanya. Yeah, he's the boogeyman, um, dude. He is, but I, there's no denying he is insane. He is one of the, yeah, I, yeah, that dude's scary. Um, but, you know, he, he came in, um, took the belt from Izzy there in their first go around, but, and it kind of looked like he was going to be Izzy again, kind of in the same fashion. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, this one went, was that fifth round? No, dude, that was, uh, that was second round. Oh, second round. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, uh, Pajeda's just wailing on Izzy there, and it looks like, yep. Yeah, well, he's gonna. They're gonna stop this. It's gonna mm-hmm. be another TKO. But Izzy from the ashes just <laughs> comes out and lands a couple shots and knocks him out. And um, I mean, again, these two are are the two best in that division. Uh, well, I I shouldn't say that because Strickland obviously mm-hmm. is up there, but I don't know. I'd still probably say these two are um, a little bit better than Strickland overall. But mm-hmm. uh, regardless, I mean, these two just battling it out, and not only just how good of fighters they are and how good of a show they always put on, but just kind of the history between the two of them, and you can tell there's clearly some hatred between the two and oh, yeah. Izzy just standing over the head of his lifeless body doing his bow and arrow that to him and then wild. goes and does it to his kids. Yeah, he's a menace. <laughs> a son in the crowd. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it, that was just incredible because, yeah, watching it back, because um, I know you had texted me after this fight letting mm-hmm. me know what happened and – I was like, that's awesome. And I went back and watched it. And while I'm watching Pajeda just land all these shots on Izzy, I'm like, wait, what? How yeah, is he crazy. come back from this? And yeah, incredible. Yeah, so uh, that actually is my number one fight. You know, I think it, it definitely is some bias behind it, but 
I think you you nailed it on the head a couple of times there. Like there is obviously some hate between these two. And I think that's what makes for such a good fight. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Izzy as well, losing the belt to Pereira in the way that he did. I mean, fifth round uh, uh, ref stoppage is kind of a shitty way to lose a belt. You know, you, you almost are seeing the end of the tunnel. This, this boogeyman again, that has beat you twice before in your career is you're finally about to beat him. And then he beats you a third time. That must be so defeating to be somebody like Israel Desanya and not be able to get it done, you know? And so going into the second fight, this is really why it takes my number one spot is because going into the second fight, he has to battle out all these kind of like, I mean, haters, if you will, but a lot of these critics that are saying, oh, dude, you've lost this guy three times. No shot. You get it done. Right. There's no way you're going to need to get it done. You know, and he, mind you again, Izzy can be pretty cringy sometimes. And some of the things he says, you know, it's like, it's hard to defend him, you know, but I think this fight really put everything into perspective for a lot of people to just kind of remind them like how great Izzy can be, you know, Izzy right. being the contender is really fun to watch because when he is the content, when he is the contender, not the champ, he puts on a show, man. He, he knows that he's what he's trying to get to. And he knows that he needs to kind of kick it up a notch. And for me, like watching that fight, it was awesome, you know, uh, to, to, kind of like reiterate what Alex said here. So Izzy did what is called a possum technique. It's where you bait somebody in to kind of convince them, give them a false sense of security. And uh, and then you just kind of do your moves. You know, it was very clear that Izzy watched his first fight. He was able to adapt. And that's one thing that I really love about Israel Asanya is that he is able to adapt. You know, I think if you fight Strickland again, he's going to really understand how to pick him apart and break him down. You know, I, I I have no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't be able to do something like that. And that's what he did with Pereira. You know, he played that possum technique really well, baited him in, and then landed that amazing right hook. Sent uh sent Pereira almost into the to the stratosphere and then just took it out, took him, took him down the next few notches with that one too. Um but yeah, dude, that ending of that fight was awesome and just to just to see Izzy get regain his title was, I think, one of the greatest moments of uh, MMA history. To be honest, especially to win it back mm-hmm. in that manner was awesome. So yeah, I think that's why it takes my number one. I might even say that takes my number one spot in like all time. To be honest, because I I love that fight. Okay, I think it was awesome. Yeah, but yeah, it was great. And um, yeah, again, just knowing the history between these two, going back pre UFC as well, and just yeah kind of how Pajeta and their their boxing or kickboxing days and, and how kind of Pajeta was um, sort of his kryptonite there and Izzy yeah. again leaving, going to the UFC and Pajeta kind of following him and then taking his belt from him again. This was obviously a must win for Izzy to, mm-hmm. you know, really stay kind of in the talks of, of champion of that division. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, he he proved himself. Well, I'm sure it's not the last we'll see between the two. And like you had said before, you know, obviously when two fighters have kind of this hatred for each other, it makes for such an exciting fight. And, you know, there's a lot of 
fights where the the fighters will maybe act that way to to promote it a little bit more <laughs> but <laughs> you know <laughs> colby for sure connor connor, um, yeah, connor for sure you know all these guys you know to, to get those pay-per-views but no these two are just yeah sworn enemies mm-hmm. yeah and uh to to explain what alex said get those pay-per-views pay-per-view is like i mean it is exactly what it says but the more pay-per-view events are bought um streamed the more the fighters will make so it is a pretty it's like a game you have to play as a fighter is where you promote your fights a lot and the more that you promote the more money you're gonna make and that's i mean that's why exactly why connor is so famous and so rich is because he's such a good promoter and so Mm -hmm. yeah all right what's your number two uh pandahoja moreno oh that was your number two okay that was my number two yeah all righty all right so my number two is UFC 284, Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my number one. That's your so, number one. Okay, so we're right there. Yeah, we already we got your number one. So mm-hmm. I guess this is the last yeah. one, right? It's the last one. Well, let's freaking crack this one open because I'd say this was probably on most lists going to be number one. Number one. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with you 100%. I think this fight is 100% going to Hall of Fame. 100%. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was a great fight. And this, uh, this, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be, I don't know what people were, actually, I don't know what people were expecting it to be because you have Alex Volkanovsky that has been completely dominant in his division moving up a weight class to fight somebody that's taller than him, stronger than him. Like he has better ground game than him, you know? And so you go into this fight thinking, well, you have this extremely dominant champ versus this guy, Islam Makachev, that is fighting under Khabib Nurmagomedov that is like one of the greatest of all time again. So like what kind of fight could you expect, you know? And I think that's one thing that really, like, this fight, it it exceeded any expectation that anybody had. It was, Mm -hmm. it was the entire fight fireworks, dude. And I think one of the biggest things why this fight makes it super high on most people's list is because before this, I would venture to say that Islam was, I don't want to say untested, but his ground game makes it so, so difficult to beat him. And I think that's why he, I mean, it's the same with Habib, you know, he wins, he won most of his fights via submission. And it's been the same with Islam, you know, but then you get somebody that's as stocky and as, as strong as Alex, where maybe you can't take him down or you do take him down. And then you start punching your face while you're on the ground as it happened in this fight, like it is just kind of like on a different level, you know? And so again, I don't want to say he wasn't, he was untested during this time, but it definitely seemed like maybe Islam hasn't seen the worst just yet, but dude, Alex gave it to him, bro. He went at him hard and it was a relentless clash that went the full five rounds and also provided us with a very, uh, like it, it was a very contested decision. I think a lot of people were very uh, mm-hmm. uh, not sure where to go on it because it was hard to guess, man. It was really hard to uh, judge this fight. 
Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a more controversial uh, decision there. I think a lot of folks had uh, Volk winning that one, and I'm sure an equal number of people thought Islam. I maybe lean more on the Volkanovsky side, just given those last uh, few seconds there in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, when Volk really started to, to lay it on him and had there been maybe 30 more seconds, what would have bad. happened? Could Volk have maybe TKO'd him? We'll never yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, you got the, the point across there. I mean, these are two of I mean, Volkanovsky being pound for pound, number one fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Islam certainly up there. But yeah, and that it really speaks to, and I, I hope maybe in the future, um, maybe you're able to dedicate some more time on this in the, the podcast, but uh, the different training styles maybe, and just some time uh, on these Dagestanis, man, they are yeah, insane. Not, I mean, they're all incredible. I mean, there's a handful of them in the UFC. You mentioned Khabib, um, who I think was maybe the, the one that really brought to light or really made these Dagestani mm-hmm. shine, but okay. Islam kind of being the, uh, the next in line to kind of take over for Khabib. And I, I think there was a lot of hype behind him. He obviously immediately took the lightweight belt from uh, Oliveira. Um, yeah. But again, we were all just kind of like, okay, that was one really good fight. Maybe Oliveira wasn't what we expected him to be, mm-hmm. but the fact that Islam was able to, knockoff pound for bound number one um kind of spoke to to how incredible he is and is going to be but yeah. again yeah volk moved up a weight class and he was you know at a disadvantage in a lot of different respects and and still managed to give us a great fight and again arguably won that fight in, mm-hmm. in some eyes there but yeah and it kind of went a, a different direction than i think a lot of people expected because um you know Islam very much known for his ground game, which I think is uh, sort of the Dagestani way. Yeah. And, and Volk held up way better than I expected him to against oh, yeah. that. And awesome. on the flip side, Islam was actually a way better striker than I expected him Dude, to be. Dude, I mean, 100%. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he was He was really able. His uh, standing up, he was, he was really good. Um, but yeah, but then the fact that even with a loss, Volkanovski still uh, didn't he have a get ranked higher pound for pound <laughs> even after that fight than yeah, Islam? Yeah, that was a pretty controversial thing too. Everybody was like, uh, "Why the f is he not uh, second pound for pound now?" Because the the second pound for pound just beat the number one, so everybody assumed that he was gonna uh, Islam was gonna take over that position, but. He didn't. And then uh, just to kind of like get everybody shut up, Dana White just put freaking John Jones in number one pound for pound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, that was a, and not to mention too, like Islam was able to, I think, prove to everybody again that he is the better fighter in their second showing, knocking out. Uh, um, Volk like he did with that kick was phenomenal you know I think that was that was the best way he could have done it to really prove because again you're going into this the second fight um, kind of like 
with a very controversial decision win for you. So what better way to end the fight than to knock out in such a spectacular way, you know? And I think again, just just to kind of reiterate or to go back to what we were talking about with Izzy is like, it was the same thing with him. You know, he had to do the same thing is you can't just finish this fight via decision. You've got to end it. And I think Islam did that great in the second fight. I think the first fight gave us a lot more kind of like edge of the seat, uh, uh, watching, which is awesome. But yeah, man, I think, uh, it was a toss up between this fight and the Izzy fight, but you know, again, it's just kind of more bias on my end, which I probably shouldn't have. But, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, man, what a what a year for fights! What a year for fights. What a year for uh, upsets, which is awesome. Um, I think uh, uh, we we're gonna see some pretty good fights this year, especially considering all the changes and titles this last year. I think there was only one. Oh, I don't even want to. No, no, it was Islam. I think Islam was the only one that walked out last year with his belt. Everybody else has changed, which is absolutely yeah. insane to consider. Is it crazy? So I think we're gonna have some really good fights this next year, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what what the UFC has in store for us, and and for UFC 300 too. That that is going to be a wild card. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep, I'm excited for uh, Dustin to get back in the cage. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll that'll be, really be uh, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, it'll be good, man. I'm uh, I'm juiced. Hopefully, it all uh, goes well for Dustin this next fight. He's fighting on a uh, is it USC 300 or is it 299? I think he's on 299. I thought it. Yeah, I think it is 299. Yeah, well, well, we can update that, but. Um, yeah, it yeah. is two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Okay, cool. Co-main. It'll be good. We'll see him. Uh, we'll see him fight the another hype train. He is honestly. Yeah. He's kind of wild for taking this fight, dude. He's fighting a fourteenth ranked versus a what is he second ranked right now or third ranked? Let's see. Because we got Islam, Oliveira, then Gagey, Gagey and then, so he's fourth and Dustin, right I think. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, and I think it, it's kind of similar to uh, the Gagey fight we talked about with uh, Fazeev. You know, he Dustin has way more to lose in this fight mm-hmm. um, by yeah taking um, someone much lower rank that's kind of an up and comer right now. But it's going to be a war, and yeah, it'll be great, man. I'm yeah. excited for that fight, and we'll obviously break that down for for all you listeners and. We'll discuss a little bit more. We'll hopefully we'll get our UFC 298 breakdown uh, recorded here in the next week or so. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah, give us a follow on Instagram, guys. We uh, we want to hear from you. We want to see what we can do better, what we can uh, talk about, and things that you guys might even have questions about. Feel free to message us. We'll do our best to reply and uh, answer whatever questions. We're also posting. Uh, updates regarding the MMA world, anything that we find interesting or exciting, we'll make sure to keep our followers posted up on that. Don't forget, our Instagram is MMA Amigos. Give us a follow. But other than that, this was our uh, this was our breakdown of USC two or twenty twenty three. Our top ten lists. Uh, you got Gabe here and Alex and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, catch us next week on. Uh, MMA Amigos. Thanks, guys.